thanks for joining us. This is Yield Deep Dive. Today we're talking about forgiveness. And I'm joined with Kirsty Omoda. Thanks for joining. Uh, we get to work together. We we're just talking about how awesome that is. And we get to do these deep dives each week. I uh, mm -hmm. hope you guys are enjoying them uh, and learning some more things as, as we study through the Bible together. Again, like I said, we're talking about forgiveness, but let's pray as we begin. Dear God, thank you for forgiving us, for giving mm -hmm. us the first a sign of that for forgiving us while we were still sinners. Lord, help us in our sinful state to forgive and to always turn to you for help in that area as well. Um, yes. Please guide us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot of stories we can turn to about forgiveness. There's so many times that somebody needed to forgive and didn't or or did and, and went that path and, and God helped them. But today we're going to look at Genesis 37. We're not going to turn to individual verses. It's a long story we know it well from when we were kids. If, if you were raised with, with a Christian family, a lot of people go over this story. Genesis 37, and it goes all the way to Genesis 50. I mean, it's a long story. Uh, Joseph uh, and what his brothers did to him, how his fathers interact. So unpack the, the beginning part of that story. What led up to, to even needing forgiveness? Well, uh, let's start with the basic, right? We're, we're not going to assume you know the story, even though we are pretty sure you do. And uh, the idea is uh, Jacob has 12 uh, sons, right? And um, the 11th son is Joseph. And it just so happens that he had two wives. One was Leah, one was uh, Rachel. And um, he loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. And, um, and then his firstborn from Rachel was Joseph. And then uh, later on came Benjamin. And the idea is, uh, he wasn't necessarily loved by his brothers because Joseph had dreams. And in those dreams, he was greater than everybody else. But yet he was uh, one of the youngest, if not the youngest, when he was sharing these stories. And he was quick to tell them. Like, he's like, hey, <laughs> hey guys, hey, yep. brothers, check this out. I am going to rule you someday. I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> stated in a humbly, humble way. Like, I don't know what this means. Help me understand. Like, no, he's like, guys, I'm better than you. And, and the coat that his father gave him. Didn't Eventually. Help with that. <laughs> yeah. So being yeah, so. favored as, as a child, like I look back at some of the, some of my experiences as a kid, my brother, I hope my brother never hears this because my brother uh, teases me all the time about that. I was being spoiled and I always say I'm not, but I can see certain things in my life. That I was like, okay, that was a little different than what my brother had. Like I had I'm not saying my parents tried or had favoritism or anything. I just, I've seen uh, a little, a little indications that maybe I was spoiled. Um, and, uh, and Chad, if you're listening, I'll, I'll this is fake. This is a deep fake video. <laughs> um, somebody put this together against me. Uh, no, if, if, and so they see this time and time again, that he's spoiled, and then he's not shy about, about hiding the dreams that God is giving him. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a lesson right there. I know we always dive into something that we aren't necessarily going. I think we, we may know the will of God for our life, but we need to be careful and humble about how we share it. Like, if I go around telling everybody that God called me to be a pastor and that makes me your leader, I've messed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, God did call me to be a pastor and he called me to be a leader of people, but leading them to Christ in a humble, humble way, not uh, a forceful way or, or I'm better than you way. And I think that's another thing. I think a lot of pastors struggle with that. that yeah. I mean, our leadership is really uh, serving yes. is where it begins. And I think when we start to realize it's not about us, it's about God and what he's asking us to do it changes the whole dynamic of the leadership aspect of it, right? Um, and your case is probably different from mine. I'm the oldest of three. 
So I was the test baby, if you will. <laughs> and um, yeah, older uh, siblings will probably relate to this whole concept because, you know, parents are still figuring it out. Like I have two daughters and my oldest will probably say that the youngest is spoiled because parents start learning uh, with the first one, sadly. Test, like you said, test baby, like we'll figure this out. Well, no one is born with the manual. You know, I wish we were, but the truth is we're not. So, so the concept is uh, they learn with us. And then what we say is spoiled. Like I would never get away with that is what I would say uh, is really just parents learning that maybe they were a little bit too this, that, or the other with, with, with the older kid. Right. And the more kids you have, the more lenient we become. I mean, that's kind of how, how people perceive it, right? So, so you can just imagine with Joseph telling his brothers, you know, hey, I'm going to rule over you, how they felt, because they were much older than he was, yep. right? And it was like, you clown, you're not going to rule anything But then to see anyone. the father, the father bestow love, extra love, and the gifts and things like mm -hmm. that, and the coat of many colors that he does, there's jealousy, and jealousy is something that they were probably very familiar with, with the house that they grew, the, with Rachel and Leah. There's a lot of jealousy there. Um, right. And even before he grew up with that, Jacob and Esau, there's jealousy from that family. There's all these, these things are impacting them. And later they make some poor choices and throw them in a pit and sell them to slavery. But I love how God is in all of that. Like what, what, man and what these the jealous rage causes them to do mm -hmm. is for evil and god has a plan to change it for good that's really cool but they get sold into slavery to egypt and raises in the ranks of that of potiphar's house until he's in charge of everything mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then what happens the potiphar's wife potiphar's gets wife. interested and then you know uh tries to make a move joseph says no <laughs> Uh, which is very amazing of him, right? Because guys, it, let's be honest, if a woman's coming on to us, it's kind of hard to say no, right? Uh, but he wasn't going to sin against his God. She got upset, lied about him. He ends up in jail. And then um, he eventually uh, gets known for this interpreter of dreams, right? Because the, the cupbearer and the baker mm -hmm. uh, have these dreams and and uh, God gives Joseph the ability to interpret these dreams for them and says, hey, remember me when you go back to the cupbearer in particular, because, you know, the, the baker never did. And then um, to serve the king. And then and it was just like, yikes, time goes by. And then it isn't until Pharaoh has a dream that that then they the cupbearer remembers Joseph. Yeah. Right. And then he gets he interprets that dream thanks to God. And he's second in command. And, um, you know, I, I want to backtrack to something real quick. They did make the bad decision of throwing uh, Joseph in the pit, but then at the same time, they made the right decision of not letting him die in the pit, yeah. right? So it's kind of like this dual dynamic. And I think it's God just, just being amazing and, and working through right. that to accomplish this particular moment now, where even though he's, he's kind of in another pit in jail, uh, God uses um, him to be a blessing to Pharaoh and not put some second in command. Look at the pit situation for a moment. If you feel like you're in the pit and you are so angry at the people that threw you there, like whatever ridicule online bullying or your family is rude to you, brother beats you up, whatever it is, if you're angry at that, God is still working in the life of the person that put you there. Not Amen. saying that we need to forgive and forget. And, and there are certain situations, we've talked about that before, how we need to ask for help and things. But if you are find yourself in the pit, 
God can still be working with the people that put you there. Not that, again, that we need to just move blindly forward. Uh, mm-hmm. Joseph maybe still had to pay, take some precautions. <laughs> like, but, yeah. but God was still working in him. So when, when somebody does something rude to me, if somebody does something mean, I need to realize that God can still work in their life. And he is working in their life. And maybe I don't see it right now, but later you, you get to see it. And it wasn't necessarily God's intent, right? It wasn't that it needed to be this particular way in order for his will to be accomplished. And it just so, yeah, yeah, he, he just says, you know, we're going to audible, we're going to pull an audible and we're going to change the play and we're going to be able to make this happen regardless, because at the end of the day, you know how the story goes. Um, Joseph in uh, being second in command and under the leadership and guidance of God was able to save many lives and ultimately the lives of his brothers and his father, right? So, so all of this playing out is just, you know, God in his infinite mercy, finding a way to say, if we use forgiveness, it will be a blessing, not just for them, because obviously, you know how the story goes when he forgave his brothers, but it was also for Joseph because he got to, um, to, to, feel restored. He was restored once again, after all that took place. Now you may be saying, well, why did you choose this particular story? Well, this month we've been focusing on atypical families. And um, this is a very atypical situation. I mean, think about everything he went through, but atypical families forgive each other, right? It's atypical because uh, the world tells us we are not to forgive and forget. The world says you're going to hold that grudge. The world says you are not going to let this slip by. I may forgive you, but I will never uh, forget what you did to me. Yes. Right. But, but this whole concept is not about keeping yourself in a position now. And and, and let me tell you, this is the caveat. We're not saying uh, pastor star and I are not saying you need to stay in a bad situation and just forgive and just stay uh, receiving any type of abuse. Right. Right. We're not saying that if you're being abused, um, physically, sexually, uh, emotionally, mentally, you know, reach out for help, try to get out of that situation. Okay. We're not telling you to stay in there. What we're saying though, is simple things like, like I think of an, of, uh, of a story for me, right? This is, this is a, a situation that I had with my sibling. Um, my brother, he's younger than I, like I said, I'm the oldest of three. It's, uh, me and then my brother and then my sister. And, and the idea was there was this one summer where I had a girlfriend. We were pretty young then. Uh, and that's why I say girlfriend. And the idea was, um, he, one day that's decided, I think he was there too, or something like that. He decided that he was going to kiss my girlfriend and, and he kissed her. He pecked her on the lips right in front of me. And she was there. I mean, it was like, what? And I just ran after him, the disrespect, you know, and I'm running after him and I eventually catch him and I tackle him and I get on top of him and I'm just wailing at him, you know, till I see that he's crying and, and he's really hurting and, and there's other people watching. And I finally realized what I did. And I was just angry. I was enraged. How could you have the, the audacity you know, like, like, like Stephen A. Smith said, the mitigated gall to just go ahead and peck my girlfriend in front of me. Right. And um, he and I didn't talk for a couple of days. You know, I was really angry at him. And uh, I don't remember if I spoke with somebody or what it was, but it finally dawned on me how hurt my brother was, not because I, 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 I beat him up or, or whatever. I was older. Um, but the mere fact that I showed him 
that this girl was more important to me than he was. And, and, and you know, it dawned on me too that, that how could this girl let herself be kissed by my brother? I mean, come on, right? And, and, and a girl who's willing to, to allow herself to be kissed by somebody else is not worth fighting over, mm-hmm. all right? So just, just, I was just wrong on so many levels. And, and uh, uh, you know, eventually I apologized to my brother and, and we reconciled and, and obviously she and I, we, we broke up. Again, this is puppy love stuff, you know, uh, early on. But, but the idea was, you know, my relationship with my brother was way more important than my relationship with this girl. Mm-hmm. It was longer, not to mention he was blood. And, and this is the kind of situations we're talking about. It was not worth losing mm-hmm. my, my brother mm-hmm. over this girl. And I think that this is what atypical families do. They don't hold that grudge. They don't say, I'm never going to talk to you again mm-hmm. over something as frivolous as, uh, as this, right? Well, this and there's story. too many families, and I know some of them. You may know some of them. There's too many families that haven't spoken in 30 years. I haven't talked like, well, this family is one of them. It was several years that they hadn't even seen him, but that wasn't really intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but sometimes there's, I won't call them, I, they don't, you know, when there should be love still there, when there should mm-hmm. be a relationship still there. I remember my brother and I got into a fist fight over the temperature in the car. I was driving. Okay. I thought it should be this temperature. I don't remember if it was warmer or colder. He thought it should be the other way. And we kept changing it. And then he just, I think I hit him, he hit me, we went back and forth. And it took me a little bit to forgive him. But I realized as, as I get older, how many little things I was doing to him. Like how many things I was jabbing at him for and how many things I was trying to irritate him that that's a natural reaction, just kind of bubbles up to the surface. And so I think when we don't forgive somebody for the little stuff, the big stuff's gonna come out when throwing punches and things. So yeah, we need to forgive and remember and be smart, like you were talking about earlier, not not talking about extreme cases, but sibling rivalries. Um, Even in this case, this was abuse. Later they forgave because there was a change of heart and he was in a safe place. You know what I'm saying? He was removed from the situation. He wasn't, in the abusive relationship anymore, but he was able to forgive. And that's, I think, needed for his walk with God. Um, there, there's forgiveness with atypical families. Um, we, and we don't want to be typical. That's what the whole point of the last few weeks have been. We don't, we don't need that. Um, it's such a powerful story that he was able to, and I don't know if he, if he forgave them long time ago and when he saw them i i believe based on reading the story and if you get into it and near the end of genesis there he's crying when he sees them one of the same he runs out of the room crying i think he didn't really forgive them until later until he saw them like he was still uh had held some and it's hard to forgive for something like that like i it would be difficult right well i mean i also want to say with everything he was going through I don't think he had the time to think about what was done to him and forgive his, his siblings, right? Like he had to, to, to be an excellent worker in Potiphar's house, right? Then he was the head of, of all the workers in Potiphar's house. Then he was in jail for who knows how long. And then he became the lead jailer. And then on top of all of that, uh, or lead prisoner, not, not jailer, right? And, and, then, uh, and then he ended up being the second in command yeah. in all of Egypt. So I don't even think he had time to process. Exactly. Like, how are you going <laughs> to do it? Well, there's that? things even now that I'll think or I'll hear about or my brother will share with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. 
I never, I, I like had forgotten it. I, I'm not saying that Joseph forgot what happened to him. I'm just saying, I think he hadn't fully dealt with it until God brought it up. So God knew the right timing and all of that. Um, and he was able to forgive. Yeah. Um, and in Colossians chapter three, verse 12 and 13 is a powerful verse. I love this mm-hmm. one. Uh, put on then as God's chosen ones, he's chosen each one of us, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Mm-hmm. What if we all put that, what if we all prayed that prayer every morning? What if we all said, I want to have compassionate heart. I want to be kind. I want to be humble. I want to be meek and have patience. And then verse 13, Colossians three thirteen, bearing with one another. And if you have a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. We are to forgive because God forgave us when we were in our mess. Um, And that's what God asks us for families, for our friends, for our teachers, when they, (laughs) we think they do us wrong for everybody that we come in contact with, have humility and patience and forgive. Uh, That doesn't mean like we talked about earlier, blindly go where where, we're in danger, but forgiveness can still be a, is still a path that the Lord wants us to be on. Absolutely. And in the book, Forgive to Live, you know, they point out in one of the chapters how important it is for us to forgive for our own well-being. Mm-hmm. Like we can have health issues if we don't forgive. I mean, we can have our own challenges carrying this sorrow and this burden and this anger towards somebody else. So uh, forgiveness is something that we should seek. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, here's a a text also in Matthew chapter 18, uh, where it tells us a story that is is very interesting, right? And I'm going to read in verse uh, 21. And it says here, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Now, now, mind you, this is very interesting, because the the talk was, if, if I remember correctly, that it was three times, like you would, you would forgive three times. And so, so Peter going to seven was already a stretch, like, Hey, you know, here we are, I'm going above and beyond. Right. And this is what Jesus tells them in verse 22. I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. Hmm. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, when you're in a family, we tend to hurt those who are closest to us easiest. Right. And it's because we take them for granted granted and they're the closest to us. I mean, we're constantly together. So it's going to be right. And they know us at our best and they know us at our worst. It's not like Corona. corona. Oh, my Jesus. Yeah. Let's not even get into the whole Corona thing. Right. But but the idea is this quarantine time together all the time, you know, it we're just not even at a hundred percent of ourselves in the middle of all of this madness, but at home, it's, it's that safe place where some of us like crash because we're holding up that face mask. We're, we're holding up this reputation when we're out in the world interacting with all these other people. But when we come home, it's like, Oh, and then it's like, you, we're not at our best at home. So they see us at our worst. And then it's like, we're going to hurt those closest to us just because they're closest to us. And the idea is God is, is telling Peter here, look, if your brother or sister uh, sin against you, you need to just be in a continual state of forgiveness, understanding that you see them authentically more than anybody else. And what a privilege that is, given that these families to be able to have that. And I'm sorry if your family is not a safe place. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if your home is not a safe place. We want to encourage you to find that safe place, that community. Hopefully it's your church. In most cases, it isn't. And that's sad. And I'll tell you this, and I'll speak for 
for for Pastor Star and Pastor Dubs, who's not here with us today. Uh, we are trying to create this with you. We're trying to create this safe space for you at the University Church, at the College of Community Church, at the McDonald Road Church, at the Uruwa Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're trying to build these safe pockets for you where you can say, if it's not at home, if it's not with my friends, it's with Yield. And the idea is we want you to be able to know we're here for you. And we encourage you that if you're in, an, again, I'm going to reiterate this because I can't stress it enough. If you're in an unsafe, dangerous situation, ask for help. We are willing to help. And we have um, uh, people in place, resources in place to help you if you need it. But if you find the place that is a safe place for you, reach out. Know that we're here. We want to help you forgive. We want to give you those tools to be able to execute these things. Why? Because we want you to live happily. God wants you to live happily. And he says, these atypical families forgive, not just to maintain a, a homeostasis at home and a joyous surrounding for you, but also because he wants you to be happy. Well, and Jesus says he came to give life and life more abundantly. That's and it. one of the things as you were talking that hit me, the, the brother, I think Joseph forgave the brothers before they asked. Mm -hmm. It may have been years later, like we talked about. It may have been a long time later. And I think you were talking about earlier about being healthy to forgive. It's healthy to forgive, forgive to live. Uh, I think even when we're not asked, we need to forgive. Even if it's 20 years ago and it was a horrible situation, we can still, God can still lead us to forgive. Doesn't mean we go back to it. Doesn't mean we say it was right. Doesn't mean we say they should, whatever it is, there should be still be consequences for some of these things that have been done to us sometimes, but we can still forgive even before they ask. Mm -hmm. Now that's hard sometimes. And I think that's what Joseph did, but that's being the atypical family that we need, we can forgive. And, and sometimes if you want to know a simple thing I've done before when Somebody, I've had to, I had somebody, and we're not going to get into it. Somebody did something like a really little, but it was mean, and it took me years to forgive them. And finally, I had to just say it out loud, like to myself. And I've never seen him again. Never seen this guy. I don't, I don't even remember his name. I just remember his face and what he did, and I couldn't forgive him. Mm -hmm. And finally, just saying it out loud several times has let me let go of it. Um, right. And you can do the same thing. You can say, "For I forgive you." even if they don't ask and, and let right. God lead you. So I appreciate what Kirstie was saying about reaching out, reach out to church, reach out to school, reach out to leaders uh, and, and find somebody that can help you in that situation, help you on that path to forgiveness. Yeah. Praying for you. Kirstie, do you want to add something? Yeah, I do. Cause uh, I'm like, okay, so how do we do this? Like we're telling you all of these things and it's like drinking water from a fire hose, but this is, we also want to give you these tools real quick. Um, if it's okay in uh, water under the bridge by Amanda Lindsay cook, Okay, she tells us something. She says forgiveness is tough, but it, but it isn't, but isn't it amazing? Sorry, that we get to forgive others in the same way God has forgiven us. I mean, obviously, in in the Lord's prayer, it says, "Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right, or those who trespass against us." So this is what she says: If you find yourself in a, in this situation where you need to forgive someone, identify that someone in your family you need to forgive. Write their name down and pray for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the first step. Second step, think about why you want to forgive them. Okay, is it because you're tired of feeling angry? Uh, because you don't want to become bitter, you know, because you're miss having a close relationship with them? Write that down as well. So these are the, 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 that's the second step. Okay, think about why you want to forgive them. And then finally, here's the third one. Hang on to this, uh, that particular card or paper, 
okay? And let it be a reminder of your commitment to forgive instead of take revenge. Mm. Forgiveness is often a process. So while you learn to forgive, you may need to remind uh, yourself or be reminded of why it is so important, okay? Mm -hmm. So so try these three steps again. Identify someone in your family you need to forgive and write that down. Think about why you want to forgive them and write that down, okay? And then hang on to it and pray over it as you attempt to have that difficult conversation. Last time we talked about it, having these tough conversations, this may be one to have, but one to have to bring restoration and healing to you and to your family, all right? So that's a, just three quick tips um, on how you can go ahead and accomplish that. Amen. Thank you, Curcio. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, please work on forgiveness as we do as well. It's not, it doesn't come easy for us all the time. Uh, and it's not always going to come easy for each one of us. So uh, we pray for you and thank you uh, for joining us. That's right. God bless.